You're listening to the Community Call Podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. on Anchor.fm. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Raleigh Jr. We are back for another exciting episode of the Community Call Podcast. We hope you're doing well wherever you are across America and across the world. What a week it has been. We've made it to the middle of the week. And the developments keep happening across the world and here in America as well. We want to come to you as we always, as we always do and talk a little bit about the coronavirus and politics. There's a lot of developments happening. Uh, we're going to bring you the news of each of these stories that are happening here as we speak. The case count here in America is uh, 1,369,574. As of today, 21,693 cases have been reported. Globally, we have 84,269 cases that have been reported. Also, a grand total of 4,260,615 total cases across the globe, everyone. So what's some numbers to deal with? Um, also, in coronavirus news, the uh, initial aisle reopening plan, which includes salons and restaurants and dining rooms and gyms, have, has expanded to 99 counties. Yes, they're opening up America. We are opening up America. Um, Harvard Medical School announces virtual fall semester for entering classes of medical and dental and graduate students. Uh, what a move this is. This is a big move, everyone. I think I think with this move, it clearly gives an example of us trying to get back to some normalcy. Also, Amazon to extend temporary pay increases for warehouse and delivery workers through the end of May, and congratulations for them. I'm glad they're going to do something like that. That really, it really means, makes a lot of sense and importance for Amazon to do that. We hope you're, we hope that you're listening to us tonight as we kick off another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. I tell you what, there's some. Other interesting stories that are happening. One thing that we're going to talk about is the the exchange between Barack Obama, former president of the United States, and Donald Trump. Uh, the, the former president, Barack Obama, said that Donald Trump is handling this this whole entire situation, and it's chaotic in, in his mind. And yes, there's a lot of things that the former president can point to that will say that this this whole thing has had poor leadership at, at, as we speak. And yes, I do agree to some point we've had uh, um, somewhat mixed leadership when it comes to this. There has been some things that have been done and uh, uh, President Trump and his administration has misstepped a great deal when it comes to the uh, COVID-19 and, and that says a lot as we move into this. Another thing that I want to share with you guys is that um, our our states are opening in such a manner where there is a a caution going on right now that I can see in all the writings and everything that I've came across here over the last few weeks um, that uh, you can tell that there time is being taken with this. A lot of time is going into the process of this of this opening happening, and I tell you what, it, it, we need to we need to be for dang sure what's going on here. And it's really important that everybody understands that. 
And uh, I, I'm one of those ones. I'm not. A, I'm not a total skeptic about opening, but I am guarded in my in in my feelings about it. And I hope you guys are too, because we need to do this thing in a step process, as Dr. Fauci has been trying to tell everybody. If we open too soon, there may be repercussions. Something that we can't handle. And so that is something that I'm concerned with when he when he spoke during the Senate hearing. I hope you guys had a chance to watch it on on TV, C-SPAN. Everybody was carrying it, and we had a chance to see open operations. Let's talk about some of our Wednesday stories. Um, Fauci cold water, serious risk of serious risk from rush reopening. Dr. Fauci said uh, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases told the Senate uh, Health Committee that the true coronavirus death toll is certainly higher than what has been reported and caution Americans that going back to normal too soon could lead to major spikes in cases. If you think we have completely have this completely under control, we don't, he said, contradicting the president assertions that the virus was well contained. Yeah. Yes, this was one of those things that 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 happened and uh, very, very cautious with uh, how how we proceed with this. Also, we want to talk about the administration tells uh, states to yank benefits from those who won't return to work and how disgusting this is in every sense of the word. People still need the money to support their families and everything like that. And some folks are doing this out of safety concerns. This is not out of out of uh, belligerence or, uh, or or being or being uh, uh, lazy or whatever. Uh, Congress created special unemployment benefits so that laid off workers could stay home while the coronavirus pandemic pandemic rages outside. But the Trump administration wants states to make sure that nobody's getting benefits if they could be at work. The U.S. Department of Labor has told states which implement unemployment insurance programs according to federal rules that they should ask employees to notify the state if someone turns down an offer to come back to work. Uh, this is going to be a mess. Also, the, uh, a judge signal he's not ready to dismiss uh, Flynn, the Flynn case. A federal judge isn't ready to toss out the case against Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor who pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI after the Justice Department under the uh, Attorney General William Barr said it would drop all charges against Flynn. Uh, the U.S. District Judge Emanuel Sullivan issued a terse, terse order saying that he believed individuals and organizations would seek to weigh in on the case. It's highly unusual for federal prosecutors to withdraw a case after a defendant has already pled guilty, and Flynn did so twice. So we got our this is these are our political headlines for tonight, everyone. We do have some additional headlines that we're going to bring to you as we continue on with this episode of the Community Call podcast. We're going to bring the panel members in, and we're going to discuss uh, our our situation here and. Uh, we have uh, Michael in with us tonight, and uh, Michael, how do you feel? Great to have you back on the show, sir. Ah, uh, always glad to be back. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh yeah, what do you think about some of our political headlines, my friend? Um, let's start off with the unemployment situation and the threats to terminate unemployment benefits if people don't want to return to work. Uh, we yeah. got to remind people 
that there are laws in place that prohibit employers from forcing employees in working in unsafe and non-hostile environments. And if the place of business is not safe to work in, you cannot force the employees to work in there, and in fact, it's the employee's responsibility to make sure that it is indeed safe to work inside, to put in your full day's work. Mm -hmm. What I find so so ironic also is that we hear from these same right-wing people, and a lot of these employees are from that um, side, they're going to come up with these bogus attempts to cut off unemployment or call for the cutting off of unemployment if a person doesn't return back to work and they know doggone well that it is inhabitable to be working in such conditions. And yes, the thing is that these are the same people that we're going to say when it comes to police officers and they want to say blue lives matter and say police officers face a dangerous job. You don't know what it's like to be a police officer. Right, I don't know what it's like to be a police officer, but I know I could not handle the job. That's why I never became one. You guys chose to be in that line of work for a reason. And the reason was to uphold the law and to fulfill the oath you took at the end of the academy. And any kind of excuse to circumvent that oath of service and to degrade the batch is totally unacceptable. You want to say that, well, we want to be able to come home to our loved ones. So do a whole bunch of other people when they go out for a full day of work. Why should one have any special privilege over the other? Everyone has the right to go out to work in a safe, non-hostile environment regardless of what profession it is. You go out to work, you want to come home to your loved ones as well. And we should not deprive anybody of that particular right to be able to come home in one piece without, heaven forbid, something happening on the job, let alone something happening to the person on the way to work or on the way home. Exactly. And I'll tell you one thing that's that's disturbing to me is hearing that the, the states are going to pull these these needed benefits from everyone who's going to, if they refuse to report to work, at the risk of exposing themselves to, to the coronavirus, folks are going back to work because, because they're being forced back to work because this president wants this economy to thrive in the midst of this pandemic. There is a motivation behind this, Michael. We know that there's mm-hmm. a motivation behind this and it is politics we don't want to mix lose mix politics and the health of this nation together but donald trump is doing just that what are your thoughts on that michael but but remember what i said also that is politics and personal because although he's not supposed to be doing this he is still engaging in personal business dealings and profits for his namesake his buildings, golf courses that are here in the nation or even globally. As long as the stuff is shut down, he loses personal money. As we said before, when he first got into office, there was a conflict of interest, and then he claims that all all the business dealings are up to his children and all that. He has nothing to do with that. 
one lie after another, after another, after another. So his actions, remember what we remember, remember the phrase that we've all heard when we've been growing up, actions speak louder than words, and at times actions show more truth than words. And all the fact all the of, time. All the time, Michael. All the time. Yep. And so the fact that Trump is becoming more and more erratic, more and more panicky, and more and more upset at being called out, of being exposed, the guy doesn't know when to stop lying, when to stop double crossing the American people and putting them at harm because we are in the day of age where we have social media, we have computers, electronics. You are on record through your mouth and through your tweets, Mr. Trump. And the media is not taking a backseat to you no more. They're not taking it lying down. They replay all the stuff that you have said that's contradicting yourself time after time after time. Stuff is getting unfolded now as we're getting closer and closer to November 2020, and people like yours truly are still screaming and calling for why in the world do we have to wait till November 2020 when this guy is getting so far worse and we're losing more and more innocent lives because of his criminal negligence, criminal actions. Anybody else will have already been arrested, taken off the streets for the sake of preserving safety and well-being for the public. Oh, yeah. And this one gets me so mad regarding what the stunt that is being pulled at the Supreme Court hearing, which I know that you're going to touch base on or will oh, probably touch base on. Oh yeah, we've, we're getting to we're getting to that part of the show where we we're, we're continuing to discuss some of the headlines that are coming out. Um, our fellow Democrats have unveiled a massive new coronavirus relief bill, and it says Democrats released another proposal for the coronavirus economic relief package on Tuesday, a three trillion dollar bill with more money for enhanced employment benefits and funds for states and local governments of importance. To most Americans, the bill called the Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions or HEROES Act includes a second wave of $1,200 payments to the vast majority of U.S. households, this time with even more inclusive eligibility rules than the previous payments. So what are your thoughts on this, Michael? How do you feel about it? I know uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi and the other Democrats in Congress have been working on this bill, trying to get it done. Uh, obviously, obviously, this bill got passed. It's on its way to the Senate, where there may be repercussions uh, as uh, as the Senate may decide to try to turn this thing down altogether. And let's hope that that's not the case. Uh, we hope they would have some civility in the Senate and go ahead and pass this massive coronavirus bill. What are your thoughts on this, Michael? It's funny you should ask that because earlier today, uh, my governor, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, um, seemed to have addressed this um, concern as well. And the thing is, is that when these Republicans were so in, so much in the rush and so uppity up and passing these bills, 
um, that would benefit the corporations, corporate bailouts. Um, that raised hell amongst the American people and really put us in a sinker. Um, and Como says that he's bending over backwards in so many words to avoid that from happening again, at least in his state, but he's spreading the word to the other states so everyone else, if they have a heart of gold and a good sense of brains to keep aware of. We don't yeah. want another corporate bailout. Every time Mitch McConnell gets his hands on these particular relief bills, he tries to twist it around to send it to the corporations and screw the average American out of the necessary aid. And that's where uh, Nancy Pelosi and many of the Democrats in the House, Lord knows the Democrats in the Senate, are putting their foot down on because, as they're saying, we're not tolerating this anymore and perhaps send further warning that your seats are up for grabs come this election, especially the Senate. We yeah. remind everybody, as much as 24 GOP seats up for grabs up for re-election, some of them, I think, are retiring and not running again. I've lost track of who's who here, but make no mistake. I said 24, up to 24 GOP Senate seats. It only takes three to four seats to flip to Democrat for Democrats to have control. Now, uh, let, me explain, yeah. let, me, let me explain this part and why I say we should be going for the full package and not just the three or four. If we flip three seats in the Senate, that would give um, the balance of 50-50 in the Senate in which the, the tie-breaking vote will come from the vice president. Now, if Pence... If Trump and Pence, heaven forbid, are still in office, we are still screwed up. But Biden and his choice um, get into office, then there's your casting, deciding vote for Democrats. But if you want to ensure a Democratic majority, you make sure that we get four seats and beyond to where we would not need a vice president in to break the um, tying votes, especially if, heaven forbid, Trump and company steals their way into another election. Yeah, yeah. One thing that one thing I'm concerned with is as well, Michael, and I'm glad you bring it up. The point about the number of seats and regaining control of the Senate. Um, I, I would love to see that we wash out some of the main state senators who've been in in in, in the Senate for uh, 20 years plus, Mitch McConnell. And others like him who've been in in the Congress for a long time, a lifetime of service, it's time to retire them. Um, Lindsey Graham has as another name that comes to mind immediately, being from South Carolina. Uh, uh, Lindsey Graham uh, is is one of those senators who could who could potentially lose uh, against uh, Jamie Harrison, who's who's a who's a up and coming Democrat who has some great things. Uh, some great talking points. Had a chance to listen in on some some of the, of, of of his talking points in a recent uh, 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 communication. Uh, I thought that uh, Jamie was sound. Uh, made some great suggestions on what to do. Um, he would be a great replacement for Lindsey Graham, but, and so 
very much looking forward to hoping that we could flip the Senate in, here in South Carolina to a Democrat and retire Lindsey Graham. Hopefully, Amy McGrath can do the same thing in Kentucky and retire uh, Mitch McConnell. He will no longer be the majority leader. He will be retired. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be great for America right now? I know there's some people who on the other side of the aisle who are saying, no, ain't, ain't no such thing going to happen. Uh, Amy McGrath is, is gaining ground there in Kentucky. Um, um, and we hope that we can flip a couple. head to head from the last time I saw. Yeah, the last time I saw it, the numbers were really, really, really close. Um, there, and folks, it takes money to campaign. I'm just going to be honest with you. I get so many campaign um, um, uh, contributions here at the show where people have all asked to submit funds to campaigns. And we try to our best to support our fellow Democrats through the campaign and uh, getting them to uh, win these races. A lot of these races simply boil down to the money, Michael. And we, we've kind of touched on this in recent episodes about money and politics. How do you feel about campaigns asking asking uh, asking citizens to contribute to their campaigns right now? We have some tight races and it's going to take money to beat Donald Trump. How do you feel? Well, of course, they're looking for money for their campaign, but then they would understand, and I would think anybody should understand, especially on our side, that there are those that are, that are not in their position or they don't have money to contribute because of the situations at hand. And, you know, that's, that's another downfall, which I think Trump and company are looking towards is like to really hurt the American people financially to where they can't contribute. So, as I said, that's where word of mouth comes in. That's where social media comes in. We're passing the word of what we know, what we figured out, so everyone will learn as to the truth and the facts of these particular issues of the injustices that the opposition has, has been doing to us. Take that to the polls and keep it in mind as we going down to November 2020. That's why Trump is um, really freaking out when yep. a whole bunch of stuff is being uncovered that <laughs> we warned you, you didn't want to listen to us, so now That's right. you face right. the music. And no, I don't mean, nah. <laughs> exactly, folks. And up there, you're here to hear first. We've been on this topic for such a long time, and uh, – President, his uh, his poll numbers are starting to dwindle a little bit, and you're right, Michael. He's a little bit nervous. Uh, Joe Biden is gaining ground. Uh, gaining ground. What you saying, Michael? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think not once in his term in office did he break over fifty percent approval rating overall. I don't think he has any. I don't think he has uh, ever broken over fifty percent. Right now, no. those numbers. Uh, I think right now his failure numbers are very high. Um, um, everyone is saying that he's doing a not not so well of a job with the coronavirus pandemic at all, and those numbers are reflected on across the board. That, that's what that's what independent voters and some GOP voters are kind of dis dis uh, dis kind of disenchanted with the president at this moment when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic and what's been going on. We have to just think about how this stuff is happening uh, as it unfurls. 
especially with the the public attacks against Dr. Fauci, the 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 uh, the ineptitude of them and uh, refusing to wear a mask, and now you have all that coronavirus exposure in the White House uh, amongst the administration. Um, I saw a photo today of Mike Pence, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, had on a mask. After finally putting on a mask, after everything that has transpired, he, he's wearing a mask now. So, oh, ho, hum for folks on that side of the aisle. How do you feel now? And then what makes things even more worse, you had someone attack Dr. Fauci during the Senate hearing, and I'm talking about Rand Paul. Rand Paul. The, the comment he made, uh Michael, we got to You know what's so interesting? You know what's so interesting, though, Murray? You mentioned you mentioned um, Pence putting on a mask, and some of these GOPs putting on masks, but we still see this and recognize the sinister eyes. So they ain't no getting around that part. Uh, there's something else that I had in my offer. Oh, but in going back to the numbers, the approval numbers, like we said that. He has not broken 50% approval rating. I think the highest was like 47 or maybe even 48%. I'm not sure. On average, it's been around 46% to initially it was a 41% disapproval, and the remaining percentage were undecided. And now at this time, as we get into um, the 2020 elections, Lo and behold, the undecided has more become decided and decided in the negativity towards Trump and rightfully so, where you have the disapproval number higher than the approval number. Have you oh. noticed that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I've seen that a lot in, in some of the in some of the in some of the emails I'm getting and, and how how these how a lot of the numbers are going back and forth right now. I think that's because people are discussing this stuff over the dinner table, outside doing at picnics, at, when they're having gatherings. And folks, I hope you I hope you still doing the doing the staying six feet six feet apart while you are having discussions. I hope you're doing that. Okay. Also, it's just important that we continue the issue of of uh, understanding why this election is going to be unlike any other uh, uh, election we ever had in the history of this country michael due to the due to the coronavirus pandemic and that that's something that that i think about all the time and and guys i hope you are preparing yourselves to stand in line or mail in your ballot the governor here in south carolina just authorized that people can mail in their ballots for the for our June election, and so uh, I think this is a, a a precedent that's being set up now for the future. Uh, when it comes down to the presidential uh, uh, election, we may be mailing in our ballots. I just got that feeling, Michael. How do you feel about it? Make no mistake, people need the right to vote and. Given the way things are going right now, I mean, it's looking up more and more for Democrats as people have really seen the light as to the how untrustworthy the Republican Party has become. We've seen, um, especially Republican women, 
now leaving the party because of Trump. Uh, we have, I have posted um, links to newspaper clippings and op-eds from um, women that are testifying to leaving the party because of Trump. And the Republican Party has now become a party of racism, sexism, um, caveman Neanderthalism, if you want to call it that. You know, it's like Trump is really moving backwards in terms of disrespect for anybody and everybody that does not look like him gender-wise, does not look like him complexion-wise. Right. And same thing with a lot of these um, other um, right-wing extremists. Yeah, you also yeah. Find, you also find registered Republicans that voted for Trump. They thought it was going to be a good thing, and now they see the inconvenient truth, sorry, uh, Vice President Al Gore, um, regarding Mr. Trump to where they have left the party in 2018 to go independent and then vote up and down, um, vote up and down um, the line for Democrats in the general election of the midterms. And they are now um, spreading the word and making a practice to make every single election a referendum against Trump, thus explains the massive 2018 results in our favor, the massive 2019 results with state governorships and Mm -hmm. other um, contests, again, in our favor, because there are plenty of Republicans in state and local governments that have been bending over backwards supporting Trump and thus defying their oath of service, defying the rules of law, defying the Constitution, and defying the people they're supposed to represent and be leaders of. And that comes with a heavy price. You don't work for the people, you're out. Absolutely, Michael, absolutely. You know something that's kind of troubling me a little bit, uh, Michael, is the fact that every every time we come to these points, and it seems to me that most of the Republican Party members are torn between loyalty to the president and loyalty to those who they interact with so much. Now, I'm not talking about the extreme right. I'm talking about people who are independent voters in the middle. I'm talking about some of those Republicans who believe in truth and justice and honesty. There are GOP members who have common sense and who believe in America just as much as Democrats do. And I will give them that credit, but but the extreme right has seized the party somewhat and has turned the party to become a party that does not embrace being in the middle, that does not embrace an open America, who's embracing a closed and isolated America. That's what we're starting to see here as we move forward with this pandemic, especially when you have people showing up to Capitol buildings in in Michigan with AR-15s and such, and folks arming themselves in restaurants and such. So these are some things that have been taking place, everyone, that you have to understand. We have been dealing with these, we have been de- 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 dealing with these extreme elements, Michael, 
for almost three years now, getting into the fourth year we've been dealing with this extremism happening in, in the country since Donald Trump has been elected president. And I think we're going to continue to deal with it. I think we're going to have to deal with the fact that people who are in the middle and want to remain loyal to the GOP may not remain loyal anymore and see the opportunity to vote for someone who can lead the country and get the country back in a in a in a position where it can, can it can survive this pandemic. Hey folks, this is the community call podcast. We on with with our first ever first ever winner of the uh panelist of the year award, Michael. And we are just discussing some some of our latest political stories and headlines that are happening here right now as we speak here on the Community Call podcast. Michael, we, you talked a little bit about the Supreme Court. Uh, yes, yes, the SCOTUS could retain, uh, restrain Congress while upholding subpoenas for Trump's taxes. For over a year, Congress has wanted to investigate personal finance records that Trump has gone to great lengths to conceal. A court fight over subpoenas for those records reached the Supreme Court on Tuesday in Trump versus Mars. The case could result in major separation of powers ruling that changes whether of how Congress can investigate the president. The main question that arose Tuesday was what limits could exist when Congress subpoenas personal records? Michael, what's your thoughts on this? I can tell you what I'm gonna tell you. I, I can tell you what I think already. What, uh, what's your feelings? All in all, what Trump's personal lawyers and somewhat the White House lawyers are asking is unlimited or absolute immunity for Trump. That Trump believes he shouldn't have to answer to anybody regarding what he's done in the past, in office, or even before office. He's constantly ducking and dodging accountability, thinks he's above the law, and everybody's supposed to bow down to him. What's so ironic is that his own personal lawyer said that, according to Trump, he can shoot someone across the street on Fifth Avenue, and no one can do a thing about him. And if Trump says so, then it has to be so. This is what they argue in the Supreme Court. And I can tell you right now that our four liberal justices aren't buying it. And it appears that um, from what the analysis that I have heard listening on the radio, John Roberts is having concerns about that. And ironically, one of Trump's own appointed justices whom he pushed to get on the bench, is uneasy about it and appears to be on the bandwagon with the liberal justices, knowing full well what kind of repercussions there would be in terms of future presidents, that you don't want to open up a can of worms for a Democratic president that might seek retribution against you Republicans, not that we condone such a thing or wish something like that, but... The laws are there for a reason, and they, are, and they are initial bills from Congress. The Constitution is there for a reason. The checks and balances are there for a reason. No one is above the law. The president is not a king. Donald Trump 
is not a king. And um, I had said this uh, to a friend of mine, um, an, another friend of mine. Of course, Murray will always be my friend. <laughs> but I pointed out that this Supreme Court, particularly the GOP justices, but it's taken to major consideration. And I said this on her show. She had asked me to uh, speak on this. I said that if you give Donald Trump the green light and say he could do whatever he wants, you are giving him the green light to not only Mm -hmm. expand on his criminal actions, but Mm -hmm. even to repeat his past criminal actions. You guys have family members, you have wives, you have daughters, you have sisters, etc. You'd be giving him the green light to perhaps barge into your own house the same way he barged into the dressing room and the pageants that he used to be CEO of, uh, barging in on the contestants while they were indecent, changing in and out of their swimsuits and he says he could do whatever he wants. He did the Miss Universe, Miss USA, Miss Team USA. We're talking minors here. You're barging in on them while they're, while they're in the nude, changing in and out of their outfits. That is a gross violation, and that's why he's no longer CEO. The board of directors, directors dismissed him for that, rightfully so. Yeah, We yeah. can never forget his infamous... Access Hollywood um, interview with Billy Bush, where he boasts about doing those things and saying, well, you're a man of my magnitude. You can do whatever they want, and they always love it. You grab them by the meow. I'm not saying the word. Lord knows I am not saying that infamous word. I substitute it with meow so everyone understands the context of what that guy said and boasted about. You'll be opening up the door to that, and how would you feel? If he actually did these things, you will hope he doesn't go that far, but you can't put anything past him that he touches, that he goes to a, a, a grown woman or a young child for that matter. I hope to God that doesn't happen, but people got to wake up and think about who in the name of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph we are dealing with and who the GOPs thus far has given him blank checks and rubber stamps to where now this nation is in a major crisis health-wise. And I got to tell you, Mary. Um, financially, Murray, wise too. financially wise, too, Michael, because the president's got us. wise, too. He got, got us indebted on every side. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's no around-the-way answer to folks. Michael's given us a great a great observation of what 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 we need to start listening to, and, and understanding. There's one more part to it, Mary. Mary, I go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, go ahead with your point. We got something going on in Michigan tomorrow. It was announced that there was another protest that was going to be in Michigan from the same right wing extremists pushing mm-hmm. to get everything reopened. Probably appearing the same way. Guns, arms, hostility, um, their physical violence. The main question is, will it be peaceful or will it go beyond what we initially saw? And when I thought about it, I'm thinking of the um, 
statement that my New York City Mayor, Bill de Blasio, has said before, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And what's so ironic and what Trump has done to this nation and inciting his cult, his base, with this COVID-19 still looming in the air and we have loss of innocent lives, we're at the point now, I'm sorry to say this, but we're at the point now with the fact that there are people out there acting the fool, acting like a bunch of fools carrying on and engaging in recklessness and physical violence. People are prone to dying as a result from the uh, virus itself, health-wise, or from the violence, which is a crime, or, in fact, both. Did yeah. we really ask for this? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But one thing I will say, and, 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 and you're leading into our next, uh, our next bullet point, and it says, the CDC reopened advice vastly differs from the White House. Uh, yes, it does, uh, folks, if you mm-hmm. haven't. If you've been living under a rock, uh, the CDC has a whole different set of rules when it comes to reopening the nation. And it says advice from the nation's top disease control experts on how to safely reopen businesses and institutions amid the coronavirus pandemic included details, instructive guidance, and some more restrictive measures than the plan released by the White House last month. Oh, boy, here we go. The guidance, which was shelved by Trump, by the Trump administration officials, also offered recommendations to help communities decide when to shut facilities down again during future flare-ups of COVID-19. So, folks, as Michael said, we are we ha- we are in a catch-22 here. Uh, the administration is rebuffing what the CDC is asking them to do. And in, in preparation for another surge in COVID-19, I hope that this does not happen. Uh, uh, there is so many things that when you hear uh, uh, senators rebuff a a doctor who's been at this for 30 plus years or more and has the experience when it comes to infectious diseases and they rebuff him, that says a lot about those senators, doesn't it? Rand Paul. And so, folks, we have a lot to deal with in these moments that are going forward. You have you have these extreme elements who are wanting the nation to get back to some normalcy. Thus, the planned the planned event in Michigan. And I'll tell you what, what a terrible thing if it comes down to violence, Michael. We hope and we hope that these folks can civilly go in there and protest and civilly take themselves back out of there. But we'll see because there have been, there have been um, um, armed folks who have been walking in with, uh, with very important people uh, going into and out of the Capitol in Michigan. And that's been happening as well. And I tell you what, folks, this, this is not a pretty picture where you have extreme elements trying to force open a country that's not really ready to open, but it's going to happen anyway and that's that says a lot about where we are uh, for example here's another example of it california also, church yeah california I, church I, let me let me get this one california sorry. church pledges to reopen despite the orders several california pastors have pledged to reopen their churches on may 31st 
or even sooner, regardless of whether their plan lines up with the schedule put forth by Governor Newsom. Uh, the pastors released a letter arguing that churches are essential during a pandemic and that people of faith have a right to worship in person. Dan Carroll, the senior pastor of Fortana's 20,000 member Water of Life Community Church, said he thinks Californians of faith feel like they have been kicked to the curb and marginalized. This sounds like a GOP person to me, pastor or not. Mm -hmm. I love I love Jesus too, but you can be crazy at the same time. Y'all hear me, folks? Okay, just just being honest. Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Let's talk about the CDC first, and then talk about the openings that's happening across the country. What do you feel? First, the thing is, the CDC guidelines were there for a reason, and that was to save lives. I remember, and we have discussed that we don't know for sure how in the world this virus came about, what caused it, or or who caused it, for that matter. Only thing that we got from here is my analysis and suspicions as to what caused this, given this is a, um, a virus that has to do with the sciences and the, and the environment. And, you know, when people want to be toying around with um, – with the earth, with the um, natural resources, with the environment, they're bound to create something that they shouldn't have been messing around to begin with. And yep. I stated my suspicion as to what has happened. Now, until we actually get the answers as to what caused it, it becomes difficult to find ways of ending it. They're still trying to find the vaccines to rid this virus. In the meantime, the guidelines were set for everybody's safety. If people, and I mean everyone complied accordingly, we could have gotten this, um, the numbers down and flattened. First off, if Trump done his doggone job instead of conferring so much with foreign um, subjects that could be an uh, enemy to this nation instead of always being on the doggone golf course, if he done his job protecting the people and paying attention to the PDBs and the intelligence that's given to him, we wouldn't be in this mess because we've had other health break breakouts um, beforehand, and President Obama handled it very well with very little or no casualties whatsoever. He was far on top of this stuff even more than the way um, Trump is on top of this COVID-19. So go ahead, Republicans, start talking about four dead Americans, Benghazi, Benghazi, and all that, you know, garbage. But you don't want to say a doggone thing about Trump who has cost thousands of innocent lives from this pandemic and from the violence he caused from his rhetoric. You're oh, saying, oh, he should... There's nothing done. There's nothing wrong, and so forth and so on. You know that is that. Oh God, help me, please! I'm trying so hard not to explode from the fury I'm feeling right now and what's happening to us. Yes, but if I not also, yeah, if I also stay a particular factor regarding Michigan, Murray. Go ahead, Michael. Ironically, Michigan's governor, as well as other Democratic leaders, 
governors or even mayors, if you've noticed, is someone of color. All right? So go figure in terms of, again, pointing to Trump's racism. And the people that are acting the fool and protesting, notice how they are armed with guns, but not, but a majority of them are not wearing masks. They're not wearing gloves. They're not doing any social distancing or anything like that. And they're the ones that are now becoming the next cases of the COVID-19. And this is why I was pointing out that people just stop and, you know, behave themselves. We could really keep flattening this curve. And ironically, Governor Cuomo, he showed the comparison that New York State got on top of this because he couldn't rely upon the unethical leadership of Trump that he had to do this himself and then be in cooperation with the other neighboring states that are in the same league and who ironically are also Democrats. But nonetheless, he got the numbers going down. But then meanwhile, you're seeing in plenty of the red states that so up the up for Trump and following what he says foolishly, those numbers are starting to spike up. And it's going right to what Dr. Fauci was saying about people need to chill and yeah. follow the instructions of the experts and not of the non-experts, but the person that's forever stuck on Fantasy Island instead of doing the real thing and and getting off of his reality soapbox that he once had named The Apprentice. You got that right. Uh, you know something? You know something? And, I, and, and thank you for that because uh, there, there's so much we can take away from what you're saying because of how all these uh, moments are going back and forth here uh, with the extreme elements of the GOP. There's a lot of GOP people that do not have this extreme view of America. I'm just going to be, I know there, I know there isn't um, because you have independent minded people who don't think this way. You have other uh, Republican people who don't think this way as well. Um, only in the South and other parts of the country where these extreme elements have taken foothold and they have not been called out. And um, now that they're being called out, they're starting to go after the the protocols that have been put in place by the CDC to protect everyone from COVID-19 and, and, and the exposure that could, could potentially happen to all of us if we ignore these protocols that they have uh, continually uh, talked about in every TV, radio, podcast, wherever these folks can, can tell us what to do, they are absolutely sticking to what they're saying. You need to keep yourself sheltered in place if you feel bad. If you if wash your hands, don't touch your face. All of those things that we're supposed to be doing in order to protect ourselves, the CDC has been emphasizing that from day one. Even the Surgeon General has continued to emphasize if we need to do social distancing, that's what we should continue to do, and that is that is important, Michael. And 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 I understand how you feel. I I feel the same way too at times myself. Because of because of the okay. ignorance, because of the ignorance of people, it continues to happen to those innocent lives that may befall because of the ignorance of people who are walking around with the AR-15s, who are trying to go to Capitol buildings and and hold up processes 
because they feel their their freedoms are being infringed on. No, we're trying to preserve lives. Matter of fact, we're trying to preserve their lives, but they're choosing not to listen to, they're, they're choosing not to have any reason or listen to anybody at all. And that's the sad thing when it comes to this. I want to make this point because it's, it's important that we do. People, if you are sick, stay home. If you have symptoms, stay home. If you need to go out, but you can't go out, stay home. Let somebody else serve you. If you can get somebody to bring you what you need, have them do it for you. That way you won't you won't be impactful into the people that don't have the symptoms who have not been exposed to COVID-19. Take all these measures and make sure you understand you're doing it for the well-being of humanity. Not not because somebody's trying to force you to do it. You are doing it for the welfare of humanity. You're doing it for the welfare of your fellow citizens in every state in America, all 50 states. We have to do this. We have to make sure we understand that it's important that if, if things get out of hand, it's because we refuse to listen to those who, experts who are telling us these are the protocols that you need to follow in order to stay healthy. And if we choose not to do that, then that puts us uh, that puts us against the wall. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about I want to talk about what's going on uh, far as uh, Black Lives Matters and our our ever, ever going pursuit of freedom and liberties as African-Americans. Um, the Georgia AG requests a probe into the handling of the Arbery case. The Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr asked the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate how law enforcement handled the Ahmoud Arbery case. Arbery, a black man, was shot to death as he jogged in February after two white men pursued him. An authority said, but no arrests were made until this month. When, when national outrage swelled after the video surfaced that appeared to show the shooting. Meanwhile, the Atlanta mayor said White House rhetoric has emboldened racists. Michael, this came from the Associated Press. Michael, how do you feel about this situation? We've been, you know, we hadn't touched on this tonight. Before we leave, I wanted us to touch on, touch on what's going on in, in, in our community of, of, of African-Americans and and the concern for Black Lives Matter. How do you feel? Uh, folks, Michael may have stepped away for just a moment. Uh, we want to we want to I'm continue. Here. Okay, we want we want to continue to um, uh, let everyone know about our concern about Black Lives Matter and the. Uh, um, a mood, uh, Aubrey situation. Michael, how do you feel about the situation? A lot of people have stated that if it were not for that video going viral and the pressure of African Americans, that we may have not been um, getting this nationwide attention and there may not have been um, actual prosecution, you know, going forth. And these guys who one of them was a retired cop, mind you. And I, for one, would be interested in seeing um, his record as to how he dealt with people of color while having the badge on. You know, we've seen that several police officers have tarnished the badge and make it difficult 
for the dedicated noble police officers. Let's get that part straight right there. But the thing is, is that you're dealing with down south when it comes to things like that. Unless you have a real noble um, elected official that is a true leader for truth and justice, a lot of this stuff has been swept under the rug, wrongfully so. Mm-hmm. And thank thank God for social media. Thank God for video, especially when people want to act a fool and video record stuff and make it go viral thinking it's funny when, in mm-hmm. fact, it's not. And then guess what? You just incriminate yourselves in the words of Fred Sanford, you big dummy. Yeah. So you, don't, you cannot blame anyone but yourselves. And it opens up another factor that the DA in that case tried to sh- shuffle this stuff along the side also. And that's why now you've got the DOJ, and I hope to God we have an ethical U.S. attorney that is pursuing this because you can't trust a bunch of stuff these days under a Bill Barr DOJ, which Uh-oh. is pretty much on puppet strings by Uh-oh. the mafia mob racist organized crime boss himself, Donald J. Trump. Uh-oh. That's the major concern. Um, the, oh, gosh. The FBI and the um, special prosecutor, again, it sounds like it's federal and they're investigating in that matter, but even if it's state, another crooked Republican is heading the state, that being Brian Kemp. You got a lot of concerns going on, but at least it has nationwide attention now, and people are not stupid. I'm telling you, Murray, we get Biden in, as well as his cabinet in, uh, you're going to see in 2021 a whole host of investigations and corrective actions, even to the terms of criminal prosecutions, going, you may say, from the top down, but then, in this case, bottom up. The perpetrators and those that have set that kind of climate and precedence that that was going on. Yeah, I know. And one thing that the one thing that, 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 that that's been disturbing about this whole situation is how our community is co- coming out in force and talking about Black Lives Matter and how we are all should be united in this situation. Um, I am definitely on board. I'm definitely in support of everything that's going on in this situation. We need to expose, turn the light on. We need to run out those people who are continuing to be um, 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 uh, not complicit in, in their and their attitude toward African-American males and, and not just males, but all African-Americans. Let me just put that out there, too, because it's important that people understand that we, we our lives matter just as much as anybody as everybody else's lives matter. Um, my, prayer, my, my, my prayers go out to uh, to to um, uh, Ahmed Aubrey's family and his mother and those who are close to him. Um, yes, this happened in February, but the pain is there. The pain is still there. Um, she did make a comment that the people who were responsible for her son's death should be put to death, too. Uh, I know she said that in anger. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people believe in eye for an eye. But, you know, in this situation, 
a long, long, long prison sentence would do those fellas a lot of good. And let's hope that that can happen. I understand that Benjamin Crump, who's the, who's the attorney representing the family, is in Brunswick, Georgia, as we speak, and trying to get things together uh, when it comes to the case, Michael. Um, there's also people, um, civil rights organizations that are rallying around the situation, the NAACP, um, the National Action Network are in the forefront of this. Yes, I'm giving all these folks um, some play because these are our civil rights organizations who are on the ground. And when situations like this happens, there's not only a, um, a mid Aubrey situation, there's other African-Americans, females and males who've been gunned down by police and others um, that, that these stories are going untold. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to see a lot of these stories in my feed on Facebook where uh, African-Americans are being attacked um, um, by uh, extremist elements out there, um, people who are just taking the law into their own hands, these gun-flailing gun nuts out here who are hurting innocent people for no reason at all. Um, they should be oh, caught. And targeting and, them or pursuing yeah, them. Both, both, targeting and pursuing people as well. Every, these people need to be held accountable for their actions and not walk away like these other gentlemen did for several months. And if it wasn't for this video, if it wasn't for that video, these guys would have got away with murder. And let's just be honest. They would have got away with murder and nobody said anything. How about your president came out and said there was some there was some uh, some, some 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 things about the video that kind of have uh, should be questionable and, you know, and that just added more fuel to the fire in his in his nonsensical kind of way of speaking about the situation, and you know it just it's just awful that that people just if can't I was there, and and can't come out there, and say. I said, Go ahead, Michael. If I was there, I would say to Trump, "Are you saying that it's an illusion that this gentleman isn't dead, that he wasn't killed? You going to say he's alive? Come on, bring, bring him, bring him here, call him over here." And that will expose the further liar that you are. Yeah, yeah, but you rack, see, you rack piece of. Mm. The, these folks have these folks have an understanding that that as long as we stay distracted, as long as we stay tore up amongst ourselves, they could continue to do us like they're doing us now. And listen, 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 family, listen, family. We have to come together as a group of people and stand strong and stand firm in our beliefs and protect the innocent and protect those who are walking around here. Who are concerned? I have, I have tons and tons of young men that I work with, my own sons, my my friends' sons and daughters, and everyone. Our prayers cover them everywhere they go and everything they do every day. But it's a time out for all this stuff. We in the 21st century, and people still want to treat us like we're we don't have no existence. This is just absolute nonsense. Nonsense going on in America. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. We're on with our 2017 uh, panelists of the year. Michael, Michael, thank you for being on the show tonight. Are you have any closing comments yeah. before we end the show? Yes, I was uh, I was about to point out that uh, with this um, particular incident, what you're saying about Black Lives Matter, and, of course, GOPs are still saying a bunch of crap about them. I remember the rhetoric he was saying, oh, they're, they're a hate group. They incite violence. They're coming very violent. There's never any peaceful protests and yada, yada, yada. All right. Now, I put my foot down on this, and I don't want to hear not one peep from these right-wingers saying garbage about Black Lives Matter 
be violent, which they are not. They always come peaceful. They're always unarmed. Unlike the fools on your side that are going to storm into a Capitol building with AR-15s and yelling all sorts of violence and threats and profanities, and even getting into the faces of law enforcement. It's amazing, and that's another, it's probably another um, discussion we have to have, Murray, is that how in the world is it that the law enforcement exercise restraint and not pull their guns out and fire towards any of these protesters that are clearly armed with deadly mm-hmm. weapons, but they're on record firing at unarmed African-Americans and people of color, and they say, we thought they had a gun. We, fought, we feared for our lives. We even heard that kind of excuse in locations in states that have these open carry laws. You yeah. pass these open carry laws, you should expect guns to be walking about. And yeah. if a person doesn't have a gun, that's their right and their prerogative too. But then how dare you in that location, in that setting, in which you people favored and passed and passed, and then yet you're going to come up with that kind of BS excuse? We thought they had a gun? Yep. We hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. Um, and, folks, we, we're, we're in the midst of this, and uh, we're, we're going to continue on these stories. We, we, we had so much we want to talk we, we, and no, I apologize, you, ladies and gentlemen, for being so emotional. No, it's okay. It's okay. Passion is passion, folks. We have it all here on the show. Sometime when they, when the panelists come on, we have great passion for what we feel, folks. We want you to. We are continuing to monitor some situations. We want to give you some updates before we leave. One, we're continuing to monitor the situation with Joe Biden and the and the terror weed situation. There's some posts on Point of Concern and Skyshot Radio podcast group pages on Facebook where you can go and follow, do some follow-up on those on these situations that we continue to follow. Uh, Michael had some great posts that he put out this past week um, on yesterday. The highly important message for today, especially and always, no one is above the law. And that's the SCOTUS hearing that's going on. The unlimited immunity plea, which is being which Michael posted himself. I posted some things. Um, we're going to say a couple of things about the post. Uh, it says, ladies and gentlemen, the Miss Tara Reid has continued her efforts to derail Joe Biden from running for president. She's had an exclusive interview with former defunct host Megan Kelly. I see a motivation here. Conservatives talking heads are trying to delegitimize Joe Biden as eventual Democratic presidential nominee. And this is what this is what's going on. These are some of the stories that are being posted over in Point of Concern, Sky Shout Radio podcast group pages on Facebook. You can follow. You can ask to join the groups, folks. Um, oh, once- Murray, Murray. Yes, sir. Murray. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. I almost forgot. And I would have been so I would have felt so terrible if I let this slip by. But on this day, Wednesday, May 13th, let us all acknowledge and give a very happy 70th birthday to Motown music legend and an advocate like us for equality, peace, and love, Mr. Stephen Morris. He, we all know him as the one and only Mr. Stevie Wonder. Happy 70th birthday, Mr. Stevie Wonder. 
Happy birthday, Stevie. Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday. A couple of great songs, The Keys of Life and everything, and these three words. And Oh, my goodness. You he make me think the of same, he's been speaking the same things we've been speaking, but he does it through his music. That's why he's such a genius. God bless Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. God bless. God bless. Folks, we're we're running out of time on this show. We want to thank everybody. Thank you for listening. If you haven't had a chance to listen, please go to Apple Podcasts and follow the Skyshot Radio Podcast. You can find us there. Please like, like the show, rate the show. We are also on Stitcher, Spotify. We're on various um pot we're on various podcast platforms, Spreaker and others. You can find us there. We are also on anchor.fm. You can find us there, too. Please drop by. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, you can also follow us on, on Facebook, Skyshot Radio Podcast group page. Also, Point of Concern, where we do where the panel members post articles and different stories. You can, you can find us there as well. There's a lot of stuff that we could talk about all night long if we chose to, Michael. But we only have time left in the show and i'll tell you what folks please stop by and check us out we're on every podcast platform that you can find us on also we want to thank you for your support those who are supporting us through your efforts uh michael and and all the team members who are the panel members that that uh i that we have a lot of folks that are joining us now and folks we 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 are we hope that you will join us as well matter of fact i'm looking at a person who's already a member and you have the opportunity to become a member of, of our team as well. And we hope that you would do that. Hey, folks, whatever you do, stay together, stay in love. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Community Call podcast with host Murray Raleigh Jr. Join us next time for another rousing episode right here on anchor.fm.